But uh, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting us. You guys have been amazing. This really, I said uh, yesterday morning at the leaders training, feels like we're on vacation, like, you know, Christmas time and with all our buddies. It's so good to be back here at Church in the City. You guys have been so welcoming, Kathy, and love the event on Friday night with the women. I love being with the leaders yesterday. And today, I mean, this is like our second home. We absolutely love it. So thank you for inviting us. Thank you for receiving us. You've been incredibly kind to us. All right, so uh, as Kathy said, I do feel like I have something, but, but first, um, you may have been wondering why uh, Apple, you know the Apple company, was so successful? I have the answer for you. It's me. It's true. I have a, med- I have a medical condition that says every time they release some new God-given gift to the world that I need to get it. And, and so I get it, and, you know, they should be saying thank you, but apparently I have to pay $1,000 now for the new Apple X, so we're going to be having words uh, with Apple. But uh, just in case you had that question and it was out there, now you know it's me. Um, I, I am also a, an avid, or I used to be an avid CNN reader. Anyone CNN News? Are you on that side of the political spectrum? Right. Uh, love CNN. Uh, just to admit, like my home computer, my work computer, my iPad, my iPhone, my Apple Watch. I got the apps. I got the home screen. And, and then there's the push notifications. Love. You got another gift from the Lord. Right there, push notifications. And it comes to me all the time, and I love it. And was getting a lot of information from CNN for a really, really long time. Um, but there's been a progression in American media, maybe you all know, it seems to be getting more and more and more dramatic all the time, doesn't it? Uh, it's like there's some kind of competition out there for, for eyeballs, and uh, we all need to look at the news. And the more dramatic it can be, the more we'll go look at what's on CNN.com, right? Or Fox.com if you're on that side of the, of the, of the aisle, uh, right? This is a politically, um, uh, yeah, whatever. So about... About three to four months ago, I felt like I got to a boiling point with this whole topic of um, how much news was coming at me, and I was noticing uh, in myself how negative I started getting about this country that I love. We've lived here for 16 years last month. Love this country. We're Americans now. But I started getting so negative about it. I got negative about the political system. I got negative about our presidents and presidents. And just everything is is just bad. I'm like, if you listen to our news media all the time, everything is really, really messed up in this country, right? But I don't think it really is that bad. Okay. But what was happening, because I get it on my watch, get it on my phone, get it on my iPad, get it at work, get it at home. I'm constantly bombarded with what CNN wanted me to know, right? And it was getting me down. So I spoke, um, spoke to myself, and I said, self, stop it. And I deleted the app. I did. On all of my devices, I deleted the app. No more Fox, no more CNN, uh, no more home screen. I got butterflies. No, I don't have butterflies on my home screen. I got something else on my home screen now. Um, and you know what? Within a week, my demeanor, my, my, my attitude started changing. I started feeling less negative about everything. I started getting less angry about everything going on. doesn't mean that the, the facts have necessarily changed, but they were overblown and fed to me all the time 
what was going on, and it was affecting me. Best decision I've made all year. I encourage you to do it. So I want to ask you today, whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice are we listening to? And whose words are we repeating over and over and over again? Whose voice? Some of us, me, was me, absolutely, was paying far more attention to what CNN and Fox wanted me to know and much less attention to what the Word of God wanted me to know. The words of God, the living words of God. And we've got to pay attention to that. It is very, very factual, apparently, that we check our phones on average 150 times per day. I've read that so many places. On average, 150 times per day, we check what's going on. And I was getting these notifications every five minutes of something else that Trump said or something else that this one did or something else that another one did. I'm like feeding myself with all this information all the time. Was I feeding myself equally or more with the words that the Lord wants us to know? Our conversations today are just consumed with confessions of fear, confessions of despair, discouragement, and negativity. The Lord has something different for us Christians. The Lord has something different. He wants us to confess something else. And it's not the negativity out there. Who feels really good after a great negative conversation? Anyone? Good. All right, same page. Let's pray before we get into the Word. Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to open your Word again and hear what you're trying to push to us, Lord. To hear what you're trying to say to us, Lord. I thank you, Father, the Word of God is as living today as it was thousands of years when it was written. Your Word is still as true and as clear today as it was then. And Father, I pray that you help us to open up our hearts, open up our ears to hear what you have to say. And thank you that St. Louis didn't make it to the playoffs. Amen. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Ezekiel chapter 37, please. If you have your Bibles open, I'm going to have it on there, but it's so good to have your actual Bible with an actual pen and an actual notebook to write down perhaps what the Lord wants to say to you today. Amen? Wait, who's a St. Louis fan? Come on, no one, right? Right, I don't see that hand back there. All right, thank you. Ezekiel chapter 37, you've all heard the story, I hope, of the dry bones and the Lord telling Ezekiel to speak to the dry bones. We're going to go through this a little bit and see what the Lord told Ezekiel, what the truth was of the situation, and what the truth is that the Lord wants to tell. What is the truth and what's the truth? What do you see around you? What is the Lord saying? Amen? You with me? Good. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. And I've skipped a few verses just for the sake of brevity, right? But uh, verse 1 says, The Lord took a hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. These are dead, dry bones, like actual, like skeletons, bones. Uh, Verse 3. Then he asked me, this is the Lord, the Lord asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. All right, let's stop there a minute. Was God really asking Ezekiel whether that could happen or not? 
do you think God was unsure? Do you think he wanted to get Ezekiel's way in on the matter before he decides to do something? I think what God was doing was testing to see where was Ezekiel's faith. What, what was Ezekiel actually believing? When God says, can these bones breathe again? He means, what do you believe can happen here? What do you believe can happen here? I love it when it says, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. Ezekiel understood who God was. So he understood and he had the faith to believe what God was about to tell him. You've got to ask yourself, the situation that you're facing, are those bones truly, truly dead? And what do you truly, truly believe could happen? Each of us are facing different situations. You're about to go into different challenges. And that's what, what we were feeling for the church is a lot of change. And you know in the natural, there's a lot of change going on. And there's constantly change going on. But the season that the Lord's taking you into, he wants to ask you right now, what do you believe could happen in this situation? Put another way, whose words are you believing about this situation? Are your friends so far from God, so dead to the gospel, that there's no possible way they would ever receive the gospel? Is that the way we're living? These bones were dead, but God's truth is what he was trying to figure out. And he says, good, O sovereign Lord. So the Lord wants to know, what do you believe about the dreams that you thought were dead? And is your answer, O sovereign Lord, you know, you know, I put my faith in you, Lord. I put my faith in you because you are the Lord of all things. Best place to start with any situation that you're facing. O sovereign Lord, only you know. Amen? All right, verse 4. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, Listen to what? Listen to the word of the Lord. Uh, wait, what? Why did the Lord tell Ezekiel to speak the word? Wasn't he the sovereign Lord? Couldn't he do exactly what he wanted to do? But don't we see this in every part of our lives? The Lord wants to partner with us. The Lord wants to walk with us. Yes, he's the amazing, all-powerful, almighty God. But he's saying, what do you believe? And you speak life into the situation. Speak the word of the Lord into the situation. Amen? All right, let's try this. Everyone say with me, dry bones. No, let's say it. Dry bones. Listen to the word of the Lord. Come on, I want to see everybody. Dry bones. Listen to the word of the Lord. Why do I say that? Because we need to learn to change our self-talk. We need to learn to change our self-talk. We need to learn to change our confession. What are we hearing? What are you saying? What are you repeating over and over? Revelation 12, it says that they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. It is so important for us as we're partnering with the Lord, as the Lord shows us things that need to be done, He also says, what do you believe and what are you saying? Say it. Speak the word of the Lord into the situation. 
Now, if you've ever been in the name it, claim it game, or you've heard about all of that, I'm not talking about you just naming and claiming it and, you know, figuring out what car you want, and I want this car, and I'm going to name it and claim it. Speak the word of the Lord, it says here. So we've got to hear, what is the word of the Lord? We're going to understand who is the Lord, and then we've got to speak the word of the Lord into our situations. Amen? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, by who he is, and by testifying who he is, what is done, and what he said he will do. Again, I want to ask you, what are you listening to? What are you believing? And what are you speaking to yourself over and over again? Amen? I don't know your situation. You know your situation. But we're all facing something, aren't we? Verse 7. Ezekiel responds, he says, so I, so I spoke this message just as he told me, and suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley, and bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed over their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. First part of this is, as he started speaking, the Lord started performing this miracle. He started speaking. And, and I mean, dry bones coming together. You're all thinking this is crazy, right? Who says this is crazy? You're all, yeah, thank you. One honest person right here. Isn't it crazy? Dry bones coming together, rattling, flesh coming together, skin coming over it. Incredible miracle, right? Why did it stop there? It stopped there. Verse 8 says, they still had no breath in them. Scripture says that if you want to be saved, if you want to receive eternal life, it says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. I've always wondered why that is, and I think it's because our confession brings to life the things that we believe. Our confession brings to life the things that we believe. If we just shut it up, it really has an opportunity to die right away. We've got to speak it out. We've got to speak it out. And I encourage you, whatever, however negative you are about our country, don't, don't just go get all negative about it. Speak the word of the Lord into the situations that we're facing. You're in your business. You're in your department and things are going rough there. Speak life into the situation. Ask the Lord, what can you do here? Please help me here and speak life into it. Let's not perpetuate the negativity and the downward spiral of just enjoying everybody's negative company and speaking those things over and over. Amen? I want to encourage you guys. Your neighbors need you to persevere. Ezekiel saw this incredible miracle of these bones coming together, human bodies forming, but there was no life in it. He needed to persevere. Your neighbors need you to persevere. Your colleagues, your work colleagues need you to persevere. I was telling our leaders yesterday, there's, there's a couple people at work that I'm, I keep praying for and keep inviting to church, 
And some of them have come and some of them have gotten saved and some of them haven't. But I'm, I keep persevering. I keep telling myself, and you know what? I feel really awkward every time I invite them. I'm like, ugh, all right, I'm going to do it again. There's five people on my wall at my desk at home. I've got their names on the card and I keep praying for them when I have quiet time. And I keep inviting them. I keep inviting them. One guy specifically, his name is Mark. I won't tell you his last name. And I've been inviting him literally for two years. And he's a, you know, young millennial. He's in his party phase of life. And he's like, man, I just don't wake up that early on a Sunday morning. I'm like, okay, okay, uh, we'll get you coffee or, you know, something. And I keep inviting him. And uh, two years now, nothing. And uh, finally, on, on Thursday, uh, as we were flying here to Chicago, he texts me. He's like, hey, uh, would you mind giving me your cell number? I, I think I'll probably come this weekend if you're there. I'm like, what? What? Oh, man, I'm not going to be there. I said, how about next week? He's like, all right, I'll, I'll see if I can do next week, you know. Um, but it, it's coming. I'm, I'm seeing the bones are starting to rattle. You know, I've got to keep persevering. I've got to speak life into the situations. Why? Because they need it. They will die without it. And you may be thinking, why aren't they calling me? Why aren't they responding to me? You know why? Dead bones are dead. Dead bones have no life. We need to speak life into those bones. Speak life into those souls. People don't know they need the Lord. But we know they do, right? Wait, you guys believe that? Very quiet crowd here today. How are we doing? Yeah? All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Verse 9. Verse 9. Let's keep going with the story. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. First it was speak a prophetic word to the bones. Now it's speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come. O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. Verse 10, so I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? For some reason, the Lord didn't perform the whole miracle on the first prophetic word. He needed him to speak it again. I think sometimes the Lord is just testing our resolve. How bad do you really want this? How much do you want to partner with me to see the city changed? Your mission statement is transforming cities. You're not going to transform the city with one invitation. You're not going to transform the city with one little sheepish invite. Pray for them. Pray for your neighbors. Get on your knees and pray for them. They're going to die if you don't. God calls us into salvation, but we have to respond. God calls us to pray for healing, but we've got to respond. We've got to pray for healing. God calls us to change the city of Chicago, but we've got to get out there and do something. Amen? Empowered by the Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Moved and compelled with compassion like Jesus was. Amen? So again, I want to ask you, whose voice are you listening to and whose words are you repeating over and over again? I do believe God wants us to change the way we talk about our struggles, about our situations, about our healing, 
about our sickness. God wants us to change the way we talk about it and speak life into the situations that he's putting us into. Amen? We need to change the way we talk about our jobs, about our church, about our friends. Amen? Come on. Come on. Allow your daily confessions to come in line with the word of the Lord. Verse 9 said, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. We have that kind of backing behind us. We have that kind of backing. The sovereign Lord, the almighty God, tells us to speak the word of the Lord into these situations. Now, maybe you're saying, well, I'm not as hyped as you are. I did certainly not drink the coffee you just had this morning. This is not about your personality type. This is not about your mood. These are not about your feelings. And David gives us a great example, right? In Psalm 43, he says to himself, Why are you so uh, cast down, O my soul? And why all the turmoil within me? And then he says to himself, Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. That's the ESV. I love the New Living Translation. It says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Amen? If you're depressed, speak the word of the Lord to yourself. If you're discouraged by what's going on at your company, speak the word of the Lord to yourself. You've been called there for this time and this place and this season to be the light of the world in that company and that cubicle where you sit. Can we believe that our spiritual life is not as separated from our day-to-day living as we've made it? Amen? You don't just carry the light of the world when you go witnessing on the streets. You carry the light of the world to your office, to your cubicle, to your classroom where you're teaching, to the bar that you go to. Is that okay? Personally, Kathy and I, we... um, we live in Columbus, as, as Steve said, three and a half years ago, and started this job at Huntington. We're now in Chicago, and um, love it. Great company, great opportunity, really enjoying the work. And then a few months later, God called us to start the church. So that's kind of crazy, right? I work already my 50 hours at work and, you know, start a church. I'm like, okay, well, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, let's just let's see how it goes. Maybe it won't work and we'll be okay, you know. Uh, but we just did what the Lord said and, and, and it, it just keeps growing and it just keeps growing. And, you know, the Lord just keep adding to us. We went from our house to an elementary school. Now we're in a high school and it's just people keep coming. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. It's really stressful sometimes. And, and, and I've noticed um, there, there are moments we go through where I literally, and I'm not asking for pity here, right? This is, this is me and the Lord, but I literally feel like I'm drowning, literally. Some days it's heavy on my chest. And then I go to the Lord and I figure out, Lord, did you call me to stay at the company? And did you call us to lead this church? And every time he keeps saying yes. So we're like, well, okay, we've got to figure this out. How are we going to do this? Because I don't want to drown and I want to stay married Forever, for a long time. You know what I'm talking about. And then I start thinking, 
what have I been believing? What have I been saying to myself? What is the self-talk? You know, anyone talk themselves? Anyone listen to their own thoughts? What's the self-talk? Is it God talk or is it self-talk? Is it me talk, right? When we're good, it's because we're full of faith. And we're telling ourselves, God has called us. God has promised to always be with us, Matthew 28. God has given us our personal, personal life mission is until everyone knows Jesus. He put that on our hearts. God says, in the presence of the Lord, there is peace. God gives us peace. Um, God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the word of the Lord. When I repeat those things to myself, we're good. We're going. Yes, it's hard. But we're good. We're full of faith and full of life. But when everyone tells me, how do you do it? You shouldn't be doing this. You, this cannot last forever. Why are you, why are you doing this? Why don't you hire someone? Why don't you do this? Why don't you go full time? And, and I start thinking about that. And kind of stays in my head. And I start internalizing that. You know what? That's when I start drowning. That's when I start going down. The circumstance doesn't change. The self-talk changes. And I'm listening to other voices, not the voice of the Lord. Amen? Jesus said, Jesus, Jesus said, it is good for you that I go to heaven because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be this present, this near, this close to you, your encourager, your comforter, your counselor, your advocate, the one whose, whose presence is going to be with you all the time. It's good for you that I go so I can sit at the right hand of my Father and pray for you, send the Holy Spirit to be with you at work, to be with you in your marriage, to be with you at school. That is Jesus' words to us. That's his promises to us. So let me just finish this. Three things to think about. How do we work this out? First of all, commit yourself to figuring out what the Lord has called you to do. Commit yourself to hearing from the Lord what his word is. Practically speaking, it's getting in the Bible. Get in the Bible a lot. And while you're in the Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. There's the general word of God that he reveals to all of us. And then there's a specific word of the Lord for your specific season and your specific time of living. But you're not going to get any of those on Facebook. Amen? I love Facebook. I'm on there all the time. I got the coolest Instagram story around. I'm not going to hear the word of the Lord there, though. Amen? Commit yourself. If you're drowning, if you're stuck, if you're facing a big trial, commit yourself to getting in front of the Lord, getting in the word of the Lord, and asking for the rhema word of the Lord for your season. Amen? Rhema is faith. The faith word of the Lord for your season. What is he telling you right now? Amen? Number one. Number two, lead yourself in worship. Lead yourself in worship. Don't wait for Aiden and James and Rachel and Debbie. Don't wait for them to lead you in worship. 
Lead yourself in worship. David says, why are you so downcast? Why are you so depressed? I will worship the Lord. I will worship the Lord. Get on your knees and worship the Lord. If you're facing difficult situations, don't wait until you're drowning. Right now, start worshiping the Lord. Tomorrow morning, put it in your calendar right now. Set your alarm and get in front of the face of the Lord and worship the Lord. And you will see how your situation gets smaller and the Lord gets bigger. Your situation gets smaller and the Lord gets bigger. You get filled with the Spirit, able to walk into all that He's called you to do. Amen? And lastly, be determined to change the temperature of the conversations going on in your head. That sounds complicated, doesn't it? Change your self-talk. Change your self-talk. If you're finding yourself repeating lies, repeating untruths, repeating negativity, get in the word of the Lord and put the word of the Lord on your wall, in your bathroom, in your car, on your computer, and repeat the promises in the word of the Lord to you and see again how your feeling and your mood towards your situation start changing and see those dry bones come back to life again. Amen. That's all I had for you. Can we pray? Let's just take a few moments and pray. I wonder if I could ask you, if, if you're here and you're facing a situation, maybe we just all close our eyes for a minute because we all get a little nervous, right? Ooh. If you're here and you feel like you're stuck, like you're facing a mountain or you're about to face a mountain and you've been li- listening and believing so much of the notifications that are just sent to you all day long, that you would stand up and make a resolve to say, I will follow the voice of the Lord. We need to make a commitment to follow the voice of the Lord, to lead ourselves into the presence of the Father. If that's you, I encourage you, stand up right now. Let's just take a few moments before the Lord and make a commitment to say, I will follow you, Lord. I've been listening to myself too long. I've been listening to the news too long. I've been getting way too negative. I don't see the victory, Lord, that you've promised. I don't see the way out of the situation. Perhaps you've been telling yourself that over and over. The Lord wants to start again and tell you to speak the prophetic word of the Lord. Father, we open our hearts now. We open our ears to hear. Thank you, Lord, for the courage that comes when your spirit comes upon us to take a step forward and to change our self-talk, to change the lies we've been believing, and to wash our minds with the truth of the word. Father, we thank you for a new day today, a new beginning, a new way forward. Men and women who are taking their places as sons and daughters of the living God, sons and daughters of the sovereign Lord, who can do and go anywhere the Lord tells them to go. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.